Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Is this attached? Okay, cool. Okay, I'm going to have us do something a little different. Can everyone stand up on their feet, please? You can, can, can you play something a little happier real quick? We're going to lighten the mood, y'all. I'm a rapper, so I, I, get, I get amped up. Oh, this is going to clink. I need everybody to hug your neighbor. Let's love on each other really quick. Say good morning to them. Life is rough. Don't just hug your spouse. Hug people you don't know. Hug a stranger. Go all the way to the back. Ask people how they doing. Tell the truth about how you're doing. <laughs> hug the kids. Yes. Mariah. Yes. <laughs> he said we're going to hug the speaker. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Somebody give Jesus some praise. I have been, not my song, <laughs> right, might as, well. might as well, I am super honored, super amped, y'all, I am excited, and I'm super confident that we are sitting in a very prophetic moment, that every single person that is sitting in these chairs, it is divine for you to be here, and I want to tell you why, so when Pastor Calvin asked me to speak, Immediately, I kind of knew in my spirit what I was going to be speaking about. I was like, okay, Lord, I, I kind of feel it already. So I get a call from Pastor Calvin. He was like, hey, this is the series that we're in. I don't know if you want to follow it, but you can join in. I'm like, that's literally exactly what I'm going to speak about. Then my husband comes downstairs maybe a, maybe a week a week after and says, babe, I don't know what you're speaking about, but this should be your title. And I said, okay, Lord. This is about to be divine. Amen. The title of today's sermon is Becoming. From observers and performers to doers. Now, I want to create a safe place for everyone. This is a safe place. I'm going to be coming for y'all. This is going to be a convicting moment, but it's also going to be comforting. Because that's the beauty of belonging to Jesus. He straightens us out. Gets all the nicks and crannies, but then he loves on us immediately. Amen? Now, I'm going to be breaking this up to two categories. Religion versus relationship. The disclaimer with this is that, of course, nothing is wrong with religion. I believe that almost everyone in here will consider themselves Christians, right? Everyone considered themselves believers, but that is not what I'm speaking about. I'm speaking about a form of godliness. I'm speaking about the spirit of religiousness versus an actual relationship, an actual walk with God. We know in 2 Timothy it says they will act religious, but they will reject the power that could actually make them godly. That's what we're going to be speaking about. Now, I believe this is going to fall on three groups of people, people that are in cycles. You've been in the same crowd, the same groups of people. You're bumping into the same situations. You feel like maybe you've made a decision that's kind of set you in how your life is. You regret. You regret a lot. You live in the past. I, I shouldn't have had a baby with him. Dang it. Maybe I shouldn't have married him. Maybe I shouldn't have went to school. You feel like you are in a repetitive cycle. And I'll also be speaking to people that are pregnant with purpose, but they're overdue. They're pregnant with substance. Maybe you feel like you know what the Lord has called you to. He's giving you a book. He's giving you a sermon. He's giving you in a series. He's giving you an album. He's giving you a business. And you feel it and he's planted it, but you have not pushed that thing. It has not come to pass. And the last person that I believe that I will be speaking to is the comfortable. You're good. I don't need nothing. I serve in church. I, I'm an usher. 
just I check it off on Sunday. I go to church. I love on people. I'm good. Don't push me to do too much. This is usually your non-confrontational people. Just go with the flow. But I believe that he is going to set all of us on fire today. Amen. Now, I'm going to be breaking this down. Listen, I am a note taker. So if you got a phone, I believe you are going to want to take notes for this. Because I want you to reflect on the things that I'm going to be listing. I'm going to be listing five traits or ways that religiousness will have you behaving. And then I'm going to exchange it with what actually God approves of. So find yourself in this because I did. And allow the Lord to convict you and convict your spirit. So religion, it has a way of having an outward holiness. Y'all know you look like a Christian, right? You speak like a believer. You, you speak in a certain way. You can speak in tongues. You, you have the power, and people might automatically think that you are just a good person, but you've just perfected putting on a form of holiness. You've been raised in church, anybody? Born and raised? So we got the walk, we got the talk, we usually memorize scriptures, we know how to pray good, but these are the people that usually avoid focusing on their own faults. They gossip a lot, talk about people a lot, incredibly judgmental. They, they see the pregnant woman with no husband and they got something to say. They see the gay dude come in and they got something to say about that. They talk a lot, gossip a lot, they avoid their own faults. What I believe in exchange with relationship, what it does, it is a, allows you to self-examine and self-reflect. So you're consistently, even when people do you wrong, you're saying, but what did I do? What was my fault in this? God continues to allow you to put that mirror in 2 Corinthians 13, 5, it says, examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourself. Surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you. If not, you have failed genuine faith. This is someone who consistently says, Lord, make me better. I don't care what they're doing. I need you to make me whole. I don't care if they're mean. I need to be kind. Number two, religiousness will have you prideful and flashy. Anybody ever met a prideful Christian? Like how you believe in Jesus and you arrogant at the same time? How does that work out? These people are unapproachable. They're know-it-alls. They're arrogant, unrelatable. They're usually condemning. They're usually unteachable. They know the word, but their life doesn't match. They've learned a little bit of Greek. They've learned a little bit of the theology. They went to Bible school, but they are spiritually disconnected. How do you have all of the, the evidence of going to school, but there's no love. The form of religiousness will have you being this way. You know scripture. You've been to school, but you have no love. And I believe in exchange with relationship is immediately humility. They're approachable. They're warm. They're kind. They're selfless. It's crazy that pastor was talking about Paul because that's OG. Paul of the Bible, 1 Corinthians 2, 1 says, When I came to my brothers and sisters, proclaiming of God concerning salvation, he didn't come to them with lofty words. Y'all ever been to, in a service where the pastor is speaking in Greek dang near you? Like, sir, we don't, we don't know what you're saying. You know, coming just eloquence, and this is how we speak. Paul says to come in a humility. Jesus won us over by humility, serving us and loving us. Religion is usually nonchalant, number three. But the crazy thing is the Bible calls these people cowards. They don't want to rub anyone the wrong way. You're a believer. You believe in the word. But why nobody know that? Why don't you speak about that? Why doesn't your social media says that? Why is your family not knowing that you're saved? You're, these are the type of people that are non-confrontational. You know, I just let people do what they do. I don't know if they're going to really go to hell, so I ain't going to say too much about that. That's between them and God. I'm not going to say too much. I just, I stay in my lane. I can, I can hang out with anybody. I believe in the Lord, but, you know, I can still go hang out with, with the crew. I can still mesh with them. I'm, I'm a believer. Leave me alone. You good. You can be new age religion. You can be a Muslim, and we can still kick it. That's what these type of people are nonchalant and cowardly. 
Relationship has a heart like God. This means you will hate what God hates and you will love what God loves. This means that there's going to be tension. You're going to be confrontational. You will lose people. You will rub people the wrong way because God is a judge and he is a lover. When that right hand raises, everybody ain't going to be ready for that side of Jesus. Amen. The Bible says in Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting soul and spirit between joints and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. If we are supposed to walk with a double-edged sword, Mariah, hand me this sword. I am walking around with the word, just one, with the word of God, right? Forgive the little ghetto, you know. We duct taped it together. This is the word of God, and I have it in my mouth. Come up here, Mariah, without the sword. You can sit on the side. This is my girlfriend, right? Maybe she's a lesbian. Maybe she's a Muslim, but she doesn't have the word of God in her. But that's cool for me to be best friends with her, right? We can, we can mess with them, right? Well, if I have the devil-edged sword, the word of God in me, and we're doing life together, let's walk together. We hanging out. We going out together. We kicking it. We go to brunch together, having a good time. This is my girlfriend. How come I can't be saved and hang out with a non-believer? So y'all said, the Bible says that this is the sharpest two-edged sword. Y'all see how I'm hitting her? If this was real, do y'all think she would be cut? She probably bleeding and leaking, the sharpest two-edged sword. She would be leaking if I actually held this. So my question is, if you are existing and in close relationships with non-believers and you supposedly have this, but they're not getting cut, I would ask you to ask yourself, do you actually have the word of God in you? You're not cutting your friends. You're not encouraging them to live a righteous life. They're not changing. They're not convicted. Come back up here. Because this allows me to treat my husband right. Let's say she's married, but she's not a Christian. So every time she sees me honor my husband, I cut her. Every time she sees me treating my kids right, I cut her. This is the encouragement. She should be getting cut every single time she walks with me. But that's, again, how I know we must not have this if we're existing good seamlessly with the world how are we blending in if we got this everyone around us should be bleeding everyone around us should be cut in some way shape or form if we actually have this so that is my my question to you if you have this in you and you are able to seamlessly walk with people who don't have the word of God in them I will ask you if you actually got it because it says this is the sharpest It'll cut between everything. But if I get a believer that also has the word of God in it, right? And we're walking together. What happens when irons hit one another? We're sharpening one another. We're, we're helping how to be submissive to our husbands. We're helping how to love one another. We're telling each other, girl, no, you need to serve in church, girl. No, you need to repent. You were wrong, girl. Nah, you need to get a little more modest. Baby girl, nah, come on, let's come back to the house. Let's repent. Let's pray for this. This is what happens when believers come together. If she does not have a sword, if she does not have the word of God in her life, something, it's funny, my mama always says, either she going to come my way or I'm going to go hers. Either I'm going to lay mine down or she going to pick hers up. But religion will say, no, we can coexist. You can, you can go. <laughs> religion will have you saying, no, we can coexist. That's not what the word says. It says it's the sharpest two-edged sword. Religion. We'll have you performing Christian duties. These are your people that are your greeters. They're your ushers. They're in your parking lot. And they've literally practiced how to perform. They get up here, they sing worship. This has become a practice of moving and literally being entertainers. But relationship will have you seeking depth. I can't just perform. 
I can't just stand up here and deadly sing worship. I can't just stand up here and deadly listen to the pastor. I have to have more of you. The Bible says that as the deer panteth after the water, so I need you. I need more of you. There has to be depth. There has to be more. There has to be a hunger. I've realized the world does not offer me enough. So I have to go to you. But religion will have you okay with just performing. You can come up here, give me the mic. I can sing. I'm good. Leave me alone, unbothered. I believe we're in a time where everyone is seeking positions and clout, money. Christianity has literally become a bag for people. How can I make a bag off of this? Okay, I can speak, so I could be a pastor, sure. Let me get a church. I can rap. Y'all know I'm in a Christian hip-hop genre. And I will say a cool 90% of them that I've met don't even belong to a local church. Making money off of the kingdom. Chasing clout off of the kingdom. This is what is rising. When, I, when people are walking away from the faith because they're seeing pastors fail, pastors cheat on their wives, wives messing up, I, dare, I always challenge them. Y'all, I promise that's not God's chosen people. That's not God. Those are people that have chased cloud, that have chased a bag. Because relationship will have you desiring the fruits of the spirit. God, God I need patience. They have, the, they have the wisdom to know that if you gave me a gift, that's going to make room. I don't have to chase a bag. I don't have to go, Pastor, can you please pay me for speaking? My gift is going to make room for that. I don't have to beg to be in a room. My gift is going to make room for that. I don't have to beg my husband to treat me right. I don't have to beg for people to honor me. The relationship that I have with God on the inside demands that. It demands that. But religion will have you chasing it. Chasing the man. Chasing the woman. Chasing to fill the void. Chasing the bag. Y'all, Do y'all see that in our world? Everyone is chasing chasing something and left empty every time but relationship has you seeking the fruits it's so funny I, I went to the airport and I've been teaching my daughters the fruits of the spirit and we know what they are patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness all of this pastor booked my flight down here and his team booked me and my daughters in separate seats all over the plane I said sir I gotta sit with my babies and so he was like, hey, go to the front desk and see what they can do. So I walk up to the guy that was working at the front desk, and he got on his phone as soon as I walked up. And I was like, oh, this is what we're about to deal with, Lord. Okay, okay. He said, do you have a question or something? I was like, okay. Well, sorry to bother you, but if there's any way that um, I had someone else book my flight and I need to sit with my daughters. And he was like, the, the, the flight is booked. There's nothing for me to do. He's on... Phone up to his ear. It's nothing for me to do. A worker. I was like, okay, Lord, in this moment, this is for me to exercise this fruit of spirit. So I started being kind. Well, if there's anything you can do, I will greatly appreciate it. I walked away, went to the corner. Me and my, my girls, they're five and six-year-old. I grabbed their hands. I said, babies, let's, pr let's pray. Let's, let's pray right now so we can sit together. And my youngest, who's five years old, she said, dear God, Please let us sit by each other so we don't have to sit by stranger people. I said, okay, that's good enough, okay? Amen. When I tell you not even a minute later, I get a notification that they moved all our seats together. That is what it's like to operate in the fruits of the spirit. I didn't have to go, well, sir, first of all, you're supposed to be doing this. And y'all know the people that be going off and they get nothing in exchange. They get nothing in exchange when you're going off on the cashier. Well, I'm supposed to get this. If you can do anything, ma'am, I will greatly appreciate it. And back off. Father God, right now, bless her heart. You start praying for that cashier. Father God, in the name of Jesus. Next thing you know, here, uh, what else would you like? You need some water, baby girl? I've seen it. 
I've seen it with my own eyes, mean, evil-hearted people being turned down because of love, because of grace, because of patience. It's a real thing. And the struggle is dying to our flesh, being quiet, not, not fighting with our own hands and our own words, trusting that when he said the fruits of the Spirit, is there's nothing wrong with this and that he will provide trusting in that. What am I saying, y'all? So many of us are stuck in cycles. Remember I told you I was speaking to three people today? Stuck in cycles. Pregnant with that baby and it's not coming forth. Comfortable because we are operating in religiousness. I'm sorry. Because when you begin to operate in the fruits of the spirit of what the Bible says, there's evidence that comes with this. There's evidence that literally shows when somebody is operating in the faith, they're operating in love, they're operating in maturity, they're operating in wisdom. I've never seen a mean, evil spirit person win. They haven't won. But the enemy has allowed, allowed us to think that this is the way to do it. To, to take Jesus out of the picture, no, keep sleeping around. It feels good. That's good. No, keep filling the void with sex and masturbation. That's okay. It fills the void. Can I say that in this church? Okay, I have to make sure because some churches like don't say these words. But it's what we do. We're empty and we're searching and we're seeking and we keep running into this brick wall of lies that the enemy said would feed us. He said sex would feed us. He said pornography will fix it. He said masturbation will fix it. He said same-sex relationship will fix it. But when we look at the word and the Lord said, come to me. The beautiful thing about Jesus, I want to read three scriptures that the Lord sent to me. Y'all got y'all Bibles? Are y'all reading them? Y'all following along? I want y'all to read this with me. Jeremiah 29, 11. Pull it out. Let me know when y'all got it. Let me know when y'all. Y'all should know this. Say amen if you got it. Say wait a minute if you don't. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope if you look to me wholeheartedly. Now I'm going to, I highlighted things in red because I want y'all to see the commonality in all of these. So remember that. If you search for me wholeheartedly, Jeremiah 29, 13, the message version, I call this the hood version. When you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, when you get, when you get about finding me and you want it more than anything else. When you want me more than a husband, when you want me more than your fleshly satisfactions, when you want me more than the bag, when you want me more than the position, when you want me more than your career, what does it say? I'll make sure you aren't Ephesians 3.20 amplified. Now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly more than all. Y'all know this scripture. I just got a different version. More than all we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dreams. I need y'all to read that red. So let's pull all three of these up if we can. All three of them. Did I send you that? I didn't send you that. Okay, Jeremiah 29, if you look to me wholeheartedly, Jeremiah 29, 13, when you get serious, Ephesians 3, 20, according to the power that's within me. The dope thing about Jesus is he says, I know you want to get married. I know you want the career. I know you want to be content. It's okay to want a bag. We're supposed to be the lender and not the borrower. We don't, we don't plead brokenness over us. No, we're going to walk in financial freedom. Amen? It's nothing wrong with that. So he lets us know, I'm going to give you all of that. I'm going to give you the man. I'm going to give you the woman. I'm going to give you the career. But can you love me? Can you seek me? Can you desire me? Can you know that walking with me, it'll even change your desires? 
Anybody desires change? When I tell you, I remember I used to have conversations with the Lord, and I said, God, I'm going to marry a woman. There's no way I'm going to marry a man. I'm going to marry a woman. I'm never going to stop smoking. This is my life. I'm settled in this. Addicted to porn, popping pills, all all of it. Anybody got a testimony? Popping pills should be in jail. This is my lifestyle. But I remember the Lord touching me in a divine way, and I began to ask the Lord, change my desires. I know my heart wants this. I know my spirit wants this. I want what you don't want, but can you help my desires to line up with yours? And he said, yes, daughter. If you seek me first, if you lay down what you really want, if you lay down your flesh, if you submit wholeheartedly to me, I'll give you the man. And I never desired one of those things. I stopped smoking over 10 years ago. Having watched porn in over seven years ago. Having popped a pill or sold anything in over a decade. It's possible. It's really, listen y'all, it's really possible to actually have a relationship with Jesus without religious spirits. It's really possible to operate in the wholeness of what you were created to be without the fluff. Church taught us to go to church, dance and sweat and leave brokenhearted. Church taught us to stand up on our feet and shout and go home and masturbate. As long as it's quiet, it's not bothering nobody. You come to church, you be holy, you look good, get your hair done, get the hot comb, but leave broken. That's what religion is. Religion pushes you to that. But relationship says You smell like weed, come up here. You pregnant, come up here. You dealing with lesbianism, come up here. You selling drugs right now, literally about to go drop off a bag, come up here. That's what relationship with Jesus is. He wants that nasty stuff. He wants the ugly. But religion says, no, you got to look the part. You got to be the part. And come up here and play the part. And I believe that we are in an hour where Jesus is not about to play with us. That there is about to be a really clear line between religion and relationship. I'm talking about a clear one. Where people will be dying left and right. This is Bible, y'all. Left and right. Y'all know how many people are running to different religions? Why are they running away? Not because of Jesus. It's because we've ran them away. We've put religion up here. And we said, you can't be with us. This is a secret clique. You can't come in. So they say, you know what? African spirituality is accepting me. Muslims are accepting me. Jewish, all of them. They're accepting me. The Christians are, so I'm good. And I believe that I'm in the, I believe. That I am in the right place. I believe that I'm in the right church that are not running those type of people away. Am I, am I, am I in the right place? That you are welcoming in these people. That this is the time where we don't sit back and look stank face at people that don't look holy. The beautiful thing about Jesus is that when we choose him, He chooses us. What does that mean? I don't have a desire in my heart that has not been met. Not one. I'm only 28. Every desire I've ever had has been met. That doesn't mean that I'm rich. That doesn't mean that my house is the biggest biggest thing on the block. But guess what I am? That the world is not content. My name is in the Lamb Book of Life. That's all I need. My God provides food for me every day. That's all I need. My God gives me breath in my lungs. That is all I need. And I believe that God is calling a generation of people that will only want him. And they will trust that only wanting him will supply their needs. That my desire is going to set me up to be prosperous. My desire to love him and love people will set me up for my desires to be fulfilled. So if you were in a cycle, remember I said I was talking to three people today. Y'all remember that? I said if you're in a cycle, 
mundane, you're dealing with the same thing, the same patterns, your life is dead. If you're not growing, what do you think you're doing? I want y'all to answer that. What happens if you're not growing, you are, you're dying. There's no such thing as just existing. You are either withering away or you are growing towards God. The word that God gave to me for those that are in a cycle is to pass the test. Because there's a test that you're not passing. There's a man that you keep going back to. There's a woman that you keep going back to. There's an addiction that you keep feeding. There's something in your flesh that you keep saying yes to. He said, pass it. Can I tell y'all a testimony? Can I get raw with y'all? Is this a safe place? I was in an environment, a God-fearing environment. Lord be with me. You know, it's parts of my testimonies that I'm like, God, why, why I have to tell this over and over? But Lord, let your will be done. I was in this environment. And I knew I was called to it. And the Lord told me that what I was going to get from it. He said, you're going to grow. I need you to get mature. I need your character be, to be intact. You're dealing with some issues, your anger, your, your, your bitterness. I need that to smooth out. Because there's some things I need to do in you. So he placed me in literally the hardest place that I've ever been in in my entire life. And I hope... Lord, the hardest place I've ever have to be in. Amen. And I remember operating with these people who were in forms of religiousness. I was abandoned. I got pregnant out of wedlock. First time my husband touched me. I don't know, you know, hey, whoa, how that happened. Pregnant. The whole church pushed us away, including our leaders. Dropped us. We're good. You're making us look bad. I'm, I'm sorry. I, you know, I, I dealt with, with sharing this testimony, and I ended up seeing uh, uh, one of my preacher friends, and he said, are you going to be more concerned about telling this story of the people that did you wrong to try to cover them, or are you going to block the millions of people that you're going to bless with the testimony? Who are you going to care for more? So you shouldn't have did bad, okay? Amen. <laughs> but I was in this environment. Being dropped, I left, and the Lord said, go back. <laughs> no, Jesus, I'm out of there. I don't want to go back, and I went back, and I was having anxiety attacks every time I left. Go in the car, break down, crying, walk in, good morning. How y'all doing? Yes, sing, lead, do all of it. Go in the parking lot and break down. I felt the heaviness of the demonic attack that was on my life. I felt it. Every single time. But I began to get on my knees and I said, Lord, you got me here. Let me fully submit. I'm here. I'm here. And I hate it. And it's ugly. And it's hard. I want to fight everybody. I want to cuss everybody out. I can square up with everybody. Line them up. I'm sick. Am, am I tripping? Anybody ever been there? Line them up. I can really fight. Do it. I want to box them. But Lord, help me. Help me, Jesus. You've called me to this place. So you got to have something here. And I kept knocking. The Lord said, the Bible says, knocking the door will be open. So I kept knocking. God, I need you, Jesus. This is hard, God. I don't think they're good for me, but I need you every single day. And each time I got up, I forgave a little quicker. I had a little more grace. Next thing I know, I'm not even seeing people for who they are. I'm just seeing the pain. I'm seeing where their mothers dropped them. I'm seeing where their daddies dropped them. I'm seeing where their husbands aren't treating them right. So they're behaving in a way. The Lord said, this is not about you. This ain't personal. What does the Bible say? We weapon, we fight against, we do not fight against flesh and blood, but against what? This ain't people. We be tripping off of people. Y'all know uh, Shanquilla, uh, she just be having a bad attitude. I get tired. Of, every time I walk through this door, she got a stank face. That's not Shanquilla. Pray for her. That woman at home could be getting beat. But we're so immature that we can't even look past that. We're supposed to pray for those people. What does the Bible say? Love those that what? Persecute us. Those that persecute us, the Lord is trying to tell us those people that we think are so evil-hearted are the main ones we need to run to. 
Come here, baby. You mean? Come here. Give me a hug, baby. How you doing? What's going on? What's going on in your life? Help me to pray for you. Help me to push you past this. You don't know what people are going through. I was serving in suffering. Nobody walked up to me and hugged me. They just thought I was good because I was in church. Where's the hugs? Where's the love? Amen? If you're pregnant with purpose, anybody pregnant with purpose? I want to see if I'm talking to anyone personally. Something in you? You know God has called you to a book, YouTube, any artists in here? I know there's artists in here. Artists, business owners, anyone? Okay. The Lord told me to t- the Lord told me to tell you to push. Pregnant, you're put you got to push. I remember when I was a first-time mother. Y'all know when you any mothers in here? I hear the kids. I hear them. Moms, raise your hand. Come on, y'all. It's okay. Be proud of your mama. Y'all kids probably like, mama, raise your hand. Hey. I remember when I was a first-time mom, and y'all know the fears and the terrors. This can happen. I ain't going to say I'm in church, you know, but this can happen. Body ain't going to be the same. You're like, oh, Lord, how am I going to push the baby out of <sighs> And then have to still go back to my husband. How is that going to work, Jesus? And up until that baby's head is right there, we all grown. There's something that clicks, and there's a maturity that taps in. You're like, oh, the baby got to get out. I don't care how afraid I am. She got to get out. He got to get out. So if you are pregnant with purpose, there's a book, there's an album, there's something inside of you. There's a seed that is planted. The Lord said, you got to tap into maturity with me. There's something that is lacking, and you are going to have to push. What does that look like? If there's a book, if there's a book, are you a procrastinator? If you're a speaker, you're supposed to start a podcast. Are you lazy? That takes maturity to say, okay, I have a problem. You gave me the seed. I'm letting you know those that it, of you that are struggling with God, why hasn't it happened yet? Why isn't my podcast doing the numbers that it's doing? Why hasn't this book been published? God, I don't have the funds to, to back this business. I'm letting you know that you have all the tools you need. You are equipped. And don't let the enemy think because that thing hasn't come to fruition that it isn't going to happen. There's maturity that has to step in. And last, if you are comfortable, you're comfortable with serving, leave me alone, I'm good, I'm straight. I believe that the Lord is telling you that it is time to awaken the fire that you first had. That first fire, you know when you first found Jesus and you're like, oh yes, there's a, there's a way out of this. There's a way out of the darkness. I'm so happy that I found God. I'm so happy that Jesus is alive. If you're 40 and older, you're 50 and older, and you've been walking this walk, I believe that the Lord is going to give you that newborn love again. That fresh fire that this generation needs, that he is going to push you into a love like you've never had before. I need everybody to stand up on their feet. You can play some music, actually. What if we were the only Christians in the entire world in this room? What if it was just us in the entire world? Personally, by yourself, would you say, I am doing the work for many. I am pushing. I'm pushing the purpose that you've put in me. I am consistently coming to the fire to be revived again. I am trying my best to grab the fruits of the Spirit. I am doing all that I can. Anybody confident enough to say that you're doing that? Raise your hand. If you're like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident. The beauty about having breath in our lungs still is that there's still a new opportunity. There's still an opportunity to be revived and amped up again. When I was 16 and I was dealing with same-sex relationships, I was getting high. God bless my mother. She didn't know any better. But I needed a woman to grab me. 
I'm speaking for teenagers, for women that might not have mothers, fathers, and you just needed a hug. You needed someone to say, you're not weird. You're not odd. It's okay to struggle with it. It's okay to deal with it. Just keep coming back. Keep coming back to his throne room. Keep coming back to the love. I dare you to turn your pain into purpose. I dare you to turn the, them dropping you, that abandonment. Anybody ever deal with abandonment? People leaving you? I dare you to use that to fuel you. To say, okay, enemy, my daddy wasn't there. He left. My mother didn't nurture me how I thought she, she should have. My family left me. Baby daddy's left me. Baby mama's gone. My life is not what it's supposed to be. But I am standing on Romans 8.28 that this will still work together for my good. That even the pain, the heartache, the struggles, and the trials, it's got to work. Do y'all think God is a liar? It says it has to work. It says it has all things. Can you pull that up? I don't know if I said that. All things. The molestation. It works. It works. The abandonment. It works. I didn't understand why is my leaders, why are my leaders abandoning me? I don't have the greatest relationship that I thought I would have with my mom. I, I don't have the greatest relationship that I thought I would have with my family. I've been dropped left and right, left and right, left and right. But there's something about pain that works for you. You kind of get this grit in you. There's a grit that comes about you. Okay, wait a minute. Now, life can't be this bad to end up to nothing. It can't be this dark to never get to light. And when you start believing what the word says, when we put our hearts in him, when we take him serious, when we go to him wholeheartedly, when we lay down the religiousness, when we take accountability for the things that we've done, he will supply the needs. He will do, the word says, super abundantly. That business, light work. The husband, light work. The wife, light work. Money, light work. Kids, light work. Cars, light work. Careers, light work. The challenge is actually wanting him above it all. But he gives us power by coming to him to want to desire him more. I dare anybody that wants to push that purpose out, that wants to come out of the cycle, and wants to be set ablaze to come up front. I dare you to. I dare you to. I dare you to be humble enough to know, nah, this is not it. This ain't it. This is not life. When I read the word and it says that we are royalty and high priests, this can't be my life. Struggling with this addiction. Struggling with these thoughts and anxiety. Suicidal thoughts. That thing dies today. Anybody, we got prayer warriors. Anybody believing with that? Believing with me? Oh, that dies today. Suicidal thoughts, anxiety, that dies. Y'all know who we are? Do y'all know who we are? The baby girl said it up here. The same spirit that rose Jesus up from the dead lives within us. That he that is within me is greater than he that's in that world. So Satan, you are under our feet. This, I'm going to tell y'all one last thing. I don't care if you're 50, 60, 40. Your life starts today. That's what I'm believing for you. Yeah, it starts today. I don't care what your baggage look like. You can have a whole STD, AIDS, I don't care what it is, you have life. With Christ, you have life. 
and I rebuke the enemy that has been consistently whispering in your ears that your worth is gone because you've had a baby, that your worth is gone because you've been to jail, that your worth is gone because you're addicted to pornography. I rebuke him and he has to come up under our feet right now in the mighty name of Jesus. We have authority in Jesus. And if I don't do nothing else today, I need y'all to walk out this building confidently knowing that I don't care if you did something this morning, you are forgiven. I don't care if you did something last night, you are forgiven and you can be the next Paul. Paul was literally killing people, killing believers. And he's the OG. Let me tell y'all something that religion does not tell you, but Jesus does. The greatest people we talk about, David, Paul, all of them, they were filthy, flawed, messed up, depression, sexual immorality, all of it. Why can't we be great like them? Why can't we be used like them? Why can't we walk in authority like they did once they found Christ? Come in here. Jesus is saying, come to me. Come with the addiction, with the sadness. Not only do I want you to be free, but I want you to walk in authority. No more heads down. So if you believe, if you are in a cycle and you want that broken, if you're pregnant with purpose and you need that thing to come out, to be pushed, if you're comfortable and you need a new fire, I need everybody to close their eyes. Don't care about who's next to you. You make this personal. You make this between you and your father. Don't dare be ashamed to talk to him about what you're dealing with. God, help me to stop masturbating. God, help me. And if you're a prayer warrior and you're not a part of this line, I need you to speak out loud in your heavenly language if you got one. Father God, I don't care what it is that I'm addicted to, that I'm struggling with, this anxiety has to go. This anxiety has to loosen itself. I will not take myself out. I rebuke the spirit of suicide on every person in this room. Generational curses of bipolar and mental issues, it's done today. That thing breaks today, right now with the mighty name of Jesus. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, God, I thank you for your divine timing. I thank you for every single person that is in this building, including the kids. Generational curses will not pass down. Anxiety will not pass down. Depression will not pass down. That baby in that belly won't even have to experience the pain that mama did. And we walk in authority. If you're bold enough to drop on your knees, I dare you to do it. God, forgive me. Forgive me for thinking that this world was better than you. Forgive me for thinking that sex would fill the void. Forgive me for thinking that being at the clubs would do it. Forgive me for thinking that that little moment of masturbating would fill the void. Forgive me for being religious and playing church. Forgive me for putting positions and clout above you. Forgive me for putting the money above you. Forgive me for thinking I know it all. Forgive me for my pride. Forgive me because I thought I knew a couple of scriptures. That that was it. I come to you as a child needing their father. We need you, Jesus. In every part, in our marriages, help us to honor our husband and our wives. Help us to honor this marriage. I rebuke infidelity. I rebuke adultery. I rebuke families being broken up. No more broken families. Forgive us. We repent of not honoring our bodies. We repent of not honoring the temple that you gave us. Whether that was with smoking or drinking, we repent for being cowards, for not speaking the blood of Jesus over people, for being quiet when our friends came to us and they came to us with their problems and we didn't offer Jesus. Forgive us for sitting in rooms we were never supposed to be in. Forgive us for sitting at tables we were supposed to flip over. 
God, I ask for a holy anger for those things that are unrighteous. Help us to hate sin, not people, sin. Help us to be disgusted with sin. God, I raise conviction in this room for everything that you are struggling with. God, I ask for a triple portion of conviction. Not to make you feel bad, but to get you to stop. And to realize there's more, there's freedom in Jesus. There's freedom in obedience. Young people who are under the sound of my voice. Boundaries is love. Boundaries is love. We don't tell you to not watch porn and to not masturbate for the sake of it. We're telling you, I promise sex is better with your husband if, and your wife if you don't do this. They didn't teach us about soul ties. They didn't teach us about comparisons. When you've had multiple sex partners, now you get with your husband and your wife and you're comparing them to your ex. That's not what God wanted. That's why that boundary was there. The boundary was there, so he said, I want you to enjoy intimacy with your spouse. Pornography, even social media, y'all. We are a generation that's addicted to social media. I dare you to fast this week. If you wanna be serious, fast this week. Delete Instagram, delete Facebook, I'm done. And I believe every person that's kneeled kneeled in their heart and their spirit that they are free free indeed that anxiety is gone that depression is gone the comparisons are gone the doubt is gone in Jesus name and I ask this following week that you comfort them you let them know every entity every part every aspect of their life you are there I ask, Father, for those that are going home alone, maybe no friends, maybe no family, love them, Jesus. Love them, God. Let them know they are not alone. Even those that are married, you can still be alone. Love them. Broken relationships, broken marriages, feel it. And I'm believing this in Jesus' name. Everybody say in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Begin to worship him for what he's done. Begin to worship him like you're free. I need y'all to get up free. I need you to get up free. Put your shoulders back. Put your head up. I need you to walk like this. You are royalty, sir. You are high priest, ma'am. You are walking in authority. Walk in it. In Jesus' name, amen. We're gonna do, I hope y'all cut the cameras because we gotta get real for a second. God keeps showing me this picture, so I need y'all to do something. So work with me here. I need all my women.